Israel News Talk Radio, straight talk from Israel. And welcome to Soul Talk with Rabbi David Aaron and Leora Mandel. Rabbi Aaron, we live in a fractured, troubled, challenged world. And there is a Jewish concept called tikkun olam, which I think would be literally translated as fixing the world. And I think the, my understanding of what that means is that part of our job here is to fix the world. But I would like to get a deeper understanding of what this concept of tikkun olam is, because it's a phrase I think that is often used. Uh, I wonder if I fully understand what it means. And I also sometimes wonder why did God have to create a world that does need fixing? Right. Well, I, I first would like to address just the very idea of identifying ourselves as fixed people. Mm. You know, we're repairmen. You know, and actually, it's important to understand that that's who we are. And that's why we're here. We're here to repair a broken world. And then we'll deal with why is it broken. <clears throat> but imagine somebody shows up to an amusement park and he's really he's really excited. And he sees there's no lines at the roller coaster, his favorite ride. And he runs over there. But he sees there's a sign that says broken out of service. Ah, uh-huh, OK, so he goes to the Ferris wheel and there's no line there. But there's also another sign that says broken out of service. And then he realizes that the entire amusement park is not amusing at all because it's broken. And then somebody comes up to him and says, oh, I'm so thrilled that you're here. And he says, why? He says, what do you mean, why? It says on the back of your T-shirt, you know, David's, you know, the the repairman. And then you realize, oh, my gosh, this is the best amusement park I've been in because I come here to repair things and I like to repair things that are broken. So when you're a repairman, you take joy in fixing that which is broken. So the first thing is to understand that Judaism says that, yes, indeed, the world is broken and we are here to fix it. And that's what we love to do. We love to fix what's broken. The question is, well, well, what is what is broken about the world? Well, what's broken about the world is that it is not a vessel to receive genuine goodness. It says that God created the world and wanted to be present in the world. And what that really means in a more abstract way is for Judaism, God is synonymous with the absolute good. Good is what we call God. And God is the personification of all good. And that God or good wants to be in this world means that this world is meant to be a place and to accommodate kindness, compassion, love, justice, truth, um, peace, and 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 all that. Every color of goodness, every every ingredient of the good. And what's broken is um, it's like a, um, a a broadcasting company that's got this beautiful music that it's broadcasting, but. All the radios are broken. And we need to fix the radios so that they can be receivers and transmitters of this beautiful music. Mm. And what's what's broken about the world is it's like a broken radio that is not able to receive and transmit the goodness of God into the world. And we actually say at the end of our prayers that we are here, that we're here to fix the world into a kingdom for God. And what's broken about the world is it's not a kingdom. It's a jungle. And oh my gosh, these days, 
it, it, it is worse than a jungle. What 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 is the difference in a kingdom and a jungle? Well, in a jungle, animals are guiltless, shameless, and they're vicious, and they have zero conscience about what they do and no chance of changing because they uh they 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 just go with the flow of their vicious nature. If it's vicious animals, obviously not all animals are vicious. But in the jungle, might makes right. And, uh, in, and if I'm a lion and I'm inclined to rip apart lambs, that's just my nature. And I should honor my nature. And anybody that asks me to in some way transcend my nature are evil. Because mm-hmm. you're asking me something that is wrong to do. I should go with the flow of my nature. Judaism says that we're in this world to turn this jungle into a kingdom. And a kingdom is where we all rally around the king. And who is the king? The king is King Good Almighty. You know, the king is we want love to rule the world and peace to rule the world and kindness and compassion and and, and truth and justice. That's basically God running the world. That's what it means that God runs the world and that this is a kingdom. And we feel we're living in the kingdom of God. I remember when I did a little traveling my first time in London. There was something about London that get off, gave off this vibe that the queen lives here. I mean, now I guess it's the queen, the, the king lives here. But, but the question is, is this world um, acting in the way that a radio would act, that it's receiving and transmitting that beautiful godly music? Hmm. So the concept of tikkun olam is to continue to make fixes within the world to make the world a place that is more receptive uh, to the being able to receive the presence of God. That's right. And then I'm assuming then the Torah gives us direction how to go about that based on the directions it gives us in the Torah of how to create more goodness in the world. To, so it is a place that can be more receptive to God in the world. Well, that's right. You know, most people think, and I think we've discussed this before, that Judaism is about spiritualizing the material. We make blessings on our food and we turn eating into a spiritual experience. And that's also true, but there's another side of Judaism that's equally true, maybe even more important, that we're here to physicalize the spiritual. Hmm. In other words, love is a very spiritual, abstract quality. And our job is to house that love, channel that love through a kiss, through a hug, through a kind word, and bring love, which is very abstract, into a very concrete way. You know, we're in this world, kindness is a very abstract quality. But when you dig your hand in your pocket and you take out a couple of dollars and you hand it to a homeless, you just created a space. You just became that radio that allowed for that abstract spiritual quality of kindness to become concretized in this world. So really it's about taking the spiritual and making it more tangible and more concretized in this world. And that would again be the idea of this being, fixing this world into a kingdom for God, where God lives in this world. God would want to live in this world. Right now, the world as it is right now, I don't know how much God would want to live here. I'm having a hard time wanting to live here. You know, it's like, um, you know, it's a very broken world. 
and um, and our job is to fix what's broken hmm. so that it can be receptive to the presence of God. Now, it's a very powerful image as I'm, I'm trying to understand. I think sometimes we're not even aware of what we're doing. So I'm thinking anytime, whether it be an act of charity, as you gave an example, it even sounds like saying a blessing, meaning I may be doing that anyhow, but what you're explaining of what's happening, the power of what I'm doing is that every time I engage in some action that, as you're saying, physicalizes a spiritual, I'm actually creating more of God's presence in this earth and turning that jungle more into a little bit more into a kingdom of God for God. Yeah, you know, I, I just literally had a conversation with a fellow about two, three hours ago. And he was really struggling. He was saying, you know, like he's seen people, you know, Jewish people that live by the rules of Torah and they don't seem to be God conscious at all. And I don't see how they're channeling any good into the world. And I said, you know, you, you need to have some intention here. It's not like a light switch. If I happen to brush against the light switch, it goes on. I had no intention. I had no intention of turning a light on, but it'll go on even if I unintentionally happen to, you know, uh, brush by it and it goes up. But not with the life of commandment. Commandment needs some basic intention that I want to bring God into the world. I want to invite more of God's presence into the world. And if a person doesn't have any interest in that or any uh, or any uh, intention for that, then then you know it, Judaism is not a magic act. It's not just you do it and it gets done. You have to do it with with some intention, with some will, you know. And uh, there has to be some will to connect to God. It's like uh, you know the, the the life of commandment is a means to an end. And that end is to channel God's presence into the world. Mm -hmm. You know, when you when you when you write a check to an organization, that physical act becomes a vehicle for the quality of kindness to come into the world. You know, when you say a kind word to somebody, that word becomes a vehicle for bringing kindness in the world. When you make peace with a person and you say, I'm sorry, and you give them a hug, that hug just brought peace into the world. And but you have to have some intention here, you know, and 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 want to bring God's presence into the world. But if a person, you know, so if a person buys a, a phone and talks about the phone all day, but doesn't make a call to anybody, <laughs> phones are to make a connection. Mitzvahs, the commandments are to make a connection with God and to channel God into this world through that commandment. But if I'm not looking to connect to God and I think, you know, I'm just doing the commandments as some kind of, you know, collect them and save them and cash them in, in the next world, you're not, you're not going to get the uh, you're not going to get the results you're looking for. Hmm. So the way I'm understanding this now is that the concept of tikkun olam is actually found, what I call a foundational principle within Judaism upon which all the other dictums, even the commands, the 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 mitzvot that we're keeping, it's actually very important to understand what we're doing when we engage in those mitzvot. Because as you're pointing out, that if I am going to, you know, I can by rote do say something, I can say a blessing, but I didn't even think about what I said. It's not going to have the same power of tikkun olam without that mind space of recognizing every time I say a certain blessing or engage in an action of bringing more goodness and kindness into the world or engage in one of God's commands, I am 
bringing more of the kingdom of God into the world. And if I don't have that foundational understanding of what's behind, what the goal of my actions are, then my actions have less potency to bring up about what the whole reason I'm supposed to be engaged in them in the first place. Right. But, you know, on the minimal level, if a person says, this is the will of God and I want to fulfill the will of God, that's mm-hmm. already bringing God into the world. Hmm. But if a person says, uh, you know, like, an example I once heard from a colleague of mine is, let's say you got a guy and he's he's playing the role of a religious Jew in a movie. And there's a scene where he's going to put on to fill in phylacteries. And the actor happens to be Jewish. And the director says, you know, I know you're Jewish. And those to fill in are my grandfather's to fill in. And they're, they, 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 they're real to fill in. And you know what? Since you're Jewish, when you do this scene, you could be doing a mitzvah. Let's say the guy says, you know what? I'm not Jewish. My mother's Jewish. My father's Jewish, but I don't identify Jewish. And so keep your religious ideas to yourself. This is just a job. When he puts on those tefillin, did he actually do a mitzvah and channel the presence of God in the world through that mitzvah? No, because he doesn't want to do it. Mm. Let's say the guy responds differently, says, you know, what? that's interesting. I, I, you know, I, I could use all the help I could get. And if there's some positive influence that this act could do. and OK, yeah. So there's some will. He wants to do this as a mitzvah. But let's say the guy says, you know, the last time I put on tefillin was my bar mitzvah. And, you know, really, that's great. Thank you for telling me that. So he has more intention. He has more desire to do it. He channels more God's presence in the world. Hmm. But a person who really doesn't want to do it, but does it because because he's, he's, he's an actor in a film or somebody forced him to do it. It's not like if somebody forces me to flip the switch, the light will go on. No, the light won't go on when you're flipping the switch of spirituality, unless there's some intention, some at least minimal intention that you want to change, you want to grow, you want to bring more goodness into the world. But in a sense, it sounds like like the level of the light, you know, it could be a very dim light, it could be a very bright light, yeah, how much, exactly. and I like that analogy of the light, will depend on my intentionality. So just connecting to the idea, okay, good, this is what God said, this is why I'm doing it, otherwise I wouldn't you know, say this blessing right now, that turns on a light. But if I'm actually really mindful about my my blessing, bringing blessing, God's blessing into the world, then that light is much brighter and the effect of it in this world is as much stronger. That's right. Or if we go back to our radio metaphor, you know, we're basically in a world that's one big broken radio and we have to fix that radio and we fix that radio. And depending on how much we really want that radio to work, we'll determine the volume of the music. You know, you might hear a little bit of music, but you got to turn up the volume. Mm. your intention is turning up the volume and hearing the music clearer and louder and more powerfully. And what's amazing is we actually have the power to do that. It's all a matter of how, now that I understand what this concept of tikkun olam, which again, I've heard many times, but it's actually much more significant than I, I think I, and many of us probably even realized. It really shows how significant our actions can be. And it all depends on how much intentionality I put in what I'm doing. Excellent. Exactly. But then that leads me to the question I think I already addressed at the beginning. But, you know, why did God create the world in such a way that it is necessary of being fixed? Couldn't have God just already have this kingdom, so to speak? Well, you know, what? there's um, I'll give a answer, but there's a much deeper answer, which would take a lot more time. But But one of the answers is that God wants to invite mankind to be a co-creator of this world. And by giving us the opportunity to to build this world, 
we become partners in creating the world. And, and the fact that God, so to speak, gives us that status of being his partner is, a, is itself a great blessing. Now, that would require a lot more uh, developing, but, uh, but right now with the little amount of time we have left in, 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 our, in our discussion here, um, God created the world incomplete so that we could complete it. That, you know, that's one of the understandings of circumcision. Uh, you know, why, why, you know and, and it, why would God create a person and then, you know, naturally this is the way he is, and now he's being asked to circumcise himself. And the ad- answer is that God invites us to hit, be his partners, so he leaves the world unfinished so that we can build it hmm. and make it a better place. So, I mean, in that understanding, then, would you say that that actually is our purpose is to, because I think even as a human being, sometimes it could be nice to be the perfect person, but nobody is. We all have our faults. And yet it sounds like what you're explaining is, is that the faults, even on an individual level, the faults I might have is actually part of the purpose of what I'm here to, to be doing is to fixing them. Yes, yes. We have come into this world to fix our 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 bad traits. And um question is, why were we created with the potential of bad traits? And, and then I would rather uh, say for another time where we can really get into it and, and not give a flippant, uh, you know, uh, shallow answer. So, so uh, but, you, you can hear my voice, the hesitation. Yes, I, I do hear. But it already gives tremendous insight because I think what I'm understanding here, too, is just like on a world level, um, cosmic level, that the concept of tikkun olam, the more we are letaken olam, fixing the world, the more we're bringing God's presence into the world. And that in order to do that, we have to have things to fix. I think on an individual level, because sometimes we think, well, how can we fix the whole world? How can we create this kingdom of God? There's so many problems out there. What is one person able to do? On the other hand, what I think I'm understanding is that just like on an individual level, I can also do that by fixing the things that I have to fix within myself. The more I refine that, the more I am actually bringing God's presence into my life and through that, also bringing God's presence into the world. Is that, am I understanding that? And that I feel like we have a lot yes. more control over our own individual challenges yes, that we have yes, to fix. Yes. And as I mentioned earlier, we in our nature are repairmen. And the greatest gift you could give a repairman is something that's broken. And uh, the question is, why is that our nature? But we, are, we, we love to repair things. We love to fix things that are broken and make them more complete. And so the gift to the repairman is to give them something broken that they can fix. Hmm. And I guess what's important is to understanding that is so central because I think of your first analogy as you started the show of the the kid who goes to the amusement park and everything's broken. Uh, From one perspective, that seems terrible. It seems miserable. I mean, not terrible, but for a child, a disappointment. On the other hand, with a different perspective of what's the purpose of being here, the purpose here is uh, for all these challenges to be fixed. It's a great opportunity. And I think the glasses we wear in understanding what we're here for is if we think we're just here to sit out, I guess, like on a hammock, relax and not have anything unruffle us, then we might be in for big disappointments and challenges and unprepared when they come. But every time a challenge does come our way, if we recognize part of what we're here is to repair ourselves in the world, then each challenge is a new opportunity for that. Yeah. And that really completely changes, I think, at least for myself, I would have to say, my whole perspective of what the purpose of the world is, but even the whole perspective of any kind of challenges I may face in my personal life or see around me, instead of seeing them as the problems, to see them as opportunities that they are to be tikkun olam. Exactly. 
I want to thank you all for joining us. Soul Talk, Rabbi David Aaron and Leora Mandel. Israel News Talk Radio, straight talk from Israel.